too terribly long ago in the class that I'm currently teaching now with, with uh, Grace and Hayden and, and Easton, uh, they covered, before I was teaching it, they covered the, the time of the Israelites crossing the Jordan River and going into Canaan and conquering Canaan. And I want to draw our minds back to that because I'm sure we probably remember the story, hearing about the Israelites in Egypt, hearing about their time spent in the wilderness, and, and we probably remember this account of them as they came into the Canaan land. If you need a refresher on it, I would encourage you to go to Numbers 13, the chapter right before where we're going to be reading, uh, because Numbers 13 accounts for that. But the spark notes to that is that the Israelites, as they came into the border, they sent 12 men to go over and to spy out the land. And so they go and they see these wonderful things and they come back and, and they have good news and they have bad news. They come back and they say the land is everything that God said it would be. It's amazing. There's it's, it's just abundance is found everywhere in this land. It flows with milk and honey. And grapes so big that it takes two men to carry the cluster. It's just it's a wonderful place. But it's inhabited by very strong people. It's inhabited by giants and they've got, they've got castles that reach to the sky and there's just no way, no way that we could ever inhabit this land. Numbers 13 accounts for one man who stands against the ten uh, and that is Caleb. Now Joshua stands with him, but Numbers 13 it speaks about what Caleb has to say when he tries to reassure everyone that God's strength will provide for them. God's strength will prevail. But ten of the twelve overwhelmed Israel with their bad report. Only Joshua and Caleb had confidence in the Lord. The other people sided with the ten and they caused God's condemnation to fall. They were sent to wander 40 years in the wilderness and the ten spies and everyone of, the, of, the, uh, of that age died before the Lord. Only Joshua and Caleb were spared. And Numbers 14, verse 24, that's where I want us to key in on this afternoon, speaks about Caleb. It says, My servant Caleb, because he has had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he entered, and his descendants shall take possession of it. What does it mean to follow the Lord Fully. That's what we will be looking at tonight. We'll be asking, how did Caleb follow God wholly and fully? We might consider, how do we today follow Christ fully? To begin, we need to ask the question, what is it to follow the Lord fully? To fully follow God? To follow Jesus all of our life? Be the first thing that we need to consider. This was the case with Caleb. He followed the Lord Fully, He followed the Lord when they were in the wilderness. And 45 years later, He follows the Lord while they are in Canaan. Many cannot say this. Many cannot proclaim this. Think back to Genesis chapter 19. Genesis chapter 19 speaks of the account of Sodom and Gomorrah when, Abraham, when Lot and his wife and his family are in Sodom. And, and while they had followed God as they were coming through and leaving the, the land of Haran with Abraham and, and coming into this new land, and now they have settled over here in Sodom, when God says it's time to leave, they, we can't say that Lot's wife followed God fully. She came out of the city, but she turned back to Sodom. Likewise, Simon the sorcerer in Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8 just details the, the, the conversion of Simon the sorcerer who used to, to awe and amaze the people with his, with his tricks 
and with his sorcery. And after seeing the, the true power of the Lord, he, he was converted to that. But then seeing the apostles laying on their hands, he said, I want to buy that gift. He, he kind of went back to his old ways, looked back to his old life. So oftentimes people turn back to the, wor- to the world. What about us? Well, we follow Jesus the way Caleb followed Jesus. We follow Jesus in the wilderness of our life when things aren't going the way we, we would hope that they would go, when we're not living in that land of inheritance that is promised to us in the future. Well, we follow God fully. We follow Him in our youth. Turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 4. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, Paul speaks to this, to this end, following Christ in our youth. 1 Timothy chapter 4, and look with me in verse 12. He says there, Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. You know, in announcements this morning, Joe talked about the youth of this congregation. And I like to think he's talking about me. I don't know. I know he's talking about John. Uh, He's talking about those that were teaching. Richard's teaching too. Maybe Richard's part of the youth of this congregation. Those of us that have, that that sometimes the world has looked and said, well, you you haven't lived a full life yet. Especially those, the youth that we have sitting here with us, uh, the ones that are in the downstairs class, that people might look and say, they can't know. They can't know everything that I know because they're, they're so young. Paul says, you can follow God and you can follow Him fully. You can make a commitment at a young age to say, I, I'm not going to let people put me down with their speech and let that depress me and let that discourage me. I'm going to set an example in my talk, in my conduct, in my love, in my faith, in my purity. I'm going to set an example of what it means to follow Christ. But he also talks about those in old age in Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Consider what he says here as for you. As for you, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, in love and perseverance. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious, gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands so that the Word of God will not be dishonored. What Paul is teaching us, it doesn't matter your state in life. Whether you're old or you're young, it doesn't matter. There is something that you can do to honor God. There's something that you can do to be pleasing to Him and to follow Him fully. So no matter our state, let's make the decision that like Caleb, I will follow God and I will follow Him wholly. I will follow Him all the days of my life. It also means that I will follow Him with all of my heart. Caleb followed the Lord fully, or Caleb followed the Lord with his whole heart. That made him a perfect role model for what Jesus called the greatest commandment. In Matthew chapter 22, verses 36-38, through 38, when asked what the greatest commandment is, he said to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That describes Caleb. He loved God with the fiber of his being, with everything that he had. He trusted and loved the Lord and was going to follow Him. But unfortunately, many try to serve the Lord with divided hearts. In 1 Kings chapter 11, 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 4, you read about Solomon. Solomon followed the Lord, but over time his heart became divided between love for God and love for his wives. 
He took foreign wives from the land and foreign wives and said, this is, this is my God. And why do you serve your God and not mine? And we see that over time, that began to change Solomon's views. And he began this, this great and wise king, maybe the wisest that ever lived. But yet he began to turn away from God. His heart was divided. In James chapter 4, James chapter 4 and verse 4, Read about those who are seeking to be friends with the world. It says, You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Obviously, that doesn't mean that we hate people of the world, things of the world. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. We need to be like God. But our love, our heart, doesn't belong to the world and things in the world. Our heart belongs to God who has purchased it and bought it and gave His Son for it. And so if we're going to follow, the, follow Christ wholly, we have to follow Him with all of our heart. Undivided affection. And we also see that it means following Him despite the hazards that we may face. Caleb followed the Lord despite the dangers that he might face. If you flip back over to Numbers, back over Numbers, look in Numbers chapter 13, verse 33, one of the dangers that they would be facing uh, as he quiets the people and he starts to tell them that we need to go, we need to take possession of this land and we're going to get it because God is with us. He says in verse 33, there, we, there also we saw the Nephilim. The sons of Anak are part of the Nephilim. And we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. So we were in their sight. He's talking about giants here. He's talking about people like Goliath. And he says, yeah, we saw them there. We need to go in. We need to take that land from them. Yeah, they're, they're, they're big and they're, they're there. But someone bigger is with us. He's here with us right now. So we need to serve Him despite the hazards that we may face. In chapter 14, we see an additional, additional hazard that He faced because He stood for the Lord. In verse 10, all the congregation said to stone them with stones. So they said, guys, we need to do this. God is with us. The, the, the brethren around them started picking up stones. You've lost your mind if you think you're going to take us in there with our wives and our children to be killed by giants. We will stone you just for thinking of that. These are the dangers, the hazards that Caleb was facing. And he said, I don't care. I'm going to follow God. And even in his old age, Joshua chapter 14 and verse 10, one of my favorite accounts of, of Caleb. In his old age, he looks to the land that, that has been promised to them. And, and he says, I've still got something to give. Verse 10 it says, Now behold, the Lord has let me live just as He spoke these 45 years from the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses when Israel walked in the wilderness. And now behold, I am 85 years old today. I am still as strong today as I was in the day Moses sent me. As my strength was then, so my strength is now for war and for going out and coming in. Now then give me this hill country about which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day that the Anakim were there with great fortified cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me and I will drive them out as the Lord has spoken. He said, I've still got something to give. I've still got fight left in me. I've still got, I've still got a heart that wants to follow God and I'm still going to be doing things to follow God. I'll take this mountain from the giants if that's what it takes. But I know if God is with me, I can do it. Many people shift their attitudes and their allegiances when the hazards are placed in front of them. The people that followed Jesus in the early part of His ministry followed Him 
until hazards were placed in their way. Until things became tough to be able to continue to follow Him. And then when it was not popular anymore, they started to turn away, started to turn towards, uh, back, back towards that world that they were living in. Or like when it's safe. Such as Peter, who stood with, with his brethren, with the apostles, and said, I don't care if all of these guys desert you, God. Uh, Jesus, if, if everyone here is, is, is willing to run away, I will die with you. But when it was one maidservant, Saying, aren't you with him? He said, no, no, I don't think so. What about us? Are we going to follow Jesus the way Caleb followed Jesus? When it's inconvenient, when it's possibly hazardous, when it's possible that we'll face ridicule or persecution, and when our friends may turn away from us, will we still say it is worth it to follow the Lord? Caleb was committed to following God and following Him fully. But how is that even possible for someone to have that commitment? How can we have a, the, the possibility to follow the Lord fully? To begin, we keep our eye on Him. Caleb had faith in the Lord and not in himself. He was confident that they could take the land, but not because they were some great army. He said, we can take the land because God is here with us. He had an eye that was focused on the Lord, and we need to have our eyes focused on the Lord. In Hebrews chapter 12, <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 1 through 4, tells us we need to have an eye that's looking on Him. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider Him who has endured such hostility by sinners against Himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your strivings against sin. He says, look at Him. Look at Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And consider what He went through. The hostility He endured knowing that the Father, <coughs> excuse me, the Father who helps us, the same Father, that helped him. The father that, that was listening to his prayers when he was in the garden. That, he, that the, the Son of God would look to him and say, thank you for hearing me. He's the same father that hears us. That will help us to endure. Do we look to the Lord for that inspiration and confidence and strength that Caleb looked for? Do we have a different spirit? Numbers 14.24 just talked about that. Caleb had a different spirit. Different than the spirit of the other ten spies who had little faith. Different than the spirit of the rest of Israel who complained and grumbled against Moses and against them bringing them out to this land. We need to have a different spirit. We talked about that a little bit this morning with having a different attitude. The attitude that, that Paul was calling them to to be focused on Christ. In Philippians chapter 4, <clears throat> Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. We referenced this this morning as well. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. That's a different spirit than many people in the world have. It says, I, I can't. 
I don't think. I'm pretty sure that that's not something I'm going to be able to do. Well, we have the spirit of Caleb that had this exact same spirit. I can do all things. I can conquer this land. I can throw these giants out. I can overcome these people who are standing between me and the inheritance that God has promised me because God is with me. He is my strength. That would be a great help. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16. It's another place that we would go to. Think about the, the, the spirit that we should have. Ephesians 3 and verse 16 says, <clears throat> excuse me, starting in verse 14, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man. How much more so might we have an attitude that says, I can do everything that God has called me to do. I can be pleasing to Him. I can serve Him despite the hazards that might come up in my, in my way. Despite the inconveniences, I can follow Him through His strength because His Spirit is empowering me. His Spirit is with me. I am strengthened. We talked this morning in our Bible class about the, the scrolls of the Old Testament. And how they, they would take those scrolls and when they found them, they would, they would be uh, like, like King Josiah found them. He was sad. They said, well, look, we've not been doing these things. But it never lasted very long. We turn over to Psalm 119.11 where the psalmist writes, Thy word I have hidden in my heart. We can have the Word of God dwelling within us, studying Him, knowing about Him, and, and being strengthened by His Spirit in our inner being. That's a different spirit than a lot of people in the world. That's a different spirit by a lot of people who profess to be Christians. We want to fully follow Christ, then we need to have a different spirit than a lot of people have exhibited and shown throughout history. And finally, we need to ask ourselves, what motivates us? What motivates us to even want to follow the Lord fully? Well, the first thing I would consider is that it leads you to a useful life. Sometimes that's the question people ask. What's the meaning of life? Why am I here? What is my purpose? Do I have any use? Consider how God was able to use Caleb. He was a leader in Israel. He was a servant of God. He was the first to spy out the land. And then he was also one of the first to divide the land. He was an example of faith and courage and a reminder of God's justice and an inspiration of service. Even in his old age. Over and over again, we can go back to the uses that Caleb provides for us today and the uses that he served for God because he was willing to follow Him fully. We too can be useful today if we follow Jesus fully. We can be an example for others to devote their lives to Jesus. And we will be useful to God as well. In 2 Timothy, <clears throat> 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20-22, he says, now in a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware. And some of, the, some of them honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good works. Now flee from youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. We can be useful to God by putting away the world and by focusing on Him and following Him completely. But not only can we be useful, we can be fulfilled. Caleb had a fulfilled life. His life was fulfilled in many ways. He had a full life 
Can't get fulfilled without being full. He had a full life in that the rest of the spies, the rest of those over a certain age, they didn't get to live to be the age that Caleb got to live to be. They didn't live to be 85 years old because they turned away from God and they died in the wilderness. But Caleb lived a fulfilled life along with Joshua, blessed to enter into Canaan in Deuteronomy chapter 1. They received the land around Hebron as an inheritance in Joshua 14. And his land, when we get to Joshua chapter 14 verse 15, was at rest from war. He finally received his rest, his peace in the end. That life was very fulfilled. So what kind of life does Jesus offer for those who will follow Him fully? <coughs> in Ephesians chapter 3, in verse 19. Ephesians 3, in verse 19, He says, "...to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God." Christ offers a life that knows a love that goes beyond knowledge. A love that goes beyond comprehension. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. Philippians 4, verse 7. He says there, the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He offers a peace that goes beyond our understanding. And then 1 Peter 1, verse 8, he goes on to talk about joys that are inexpressible. I've been speechless a handful of times in my life. But we can't even begin to explain, can't even begin to fathom the depths of the love and peace and joy that come from being fulfilled in Christ. My prayer for me and for you is that the example that Caleb has left will inspire us to fully follow the Lord. To follow Jesus all the days of our life. To follow Jesus with all of our heart and to follow Jesus despite the dangers so we can be useful, so we can be fulfilled. And again, don't forget, Caleb and Joshua were the only two men over 20 to survive that 40 years in the wilderness. Caleb and Joshua were the only two men over 20 to enter into the promised land. Their brethren did not come into Canaan because the Lord said they did not wholly follow me. How are you following the Lord? In just a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to sing number 480. Dare to stand like Joshua. And dare that we might stand like Joshua. Dare that we might stand and, and call upon the people that, that are around us to follow the Lord the way we are following Him. But dare that we might stand like Caleb as well. Fully. Holy. Our entire life. If there's something that we can do here to help you to start your stand with the Lord, to follow after Him and to walk in the footsteps of Christ, whether you have not done that yet or whether you already have, but realize along the way that you've, you've not been giving Him your all. Won't you please come forward right now and let it be known as we stand and as we sing.